You know what? Before we start, I'm going to pee real fast. <laughs> That's it. That's the intro. As, as, soon as, as soon as I start recording. Take it, and if you have the garlic bread, bake it. My name is Matt, and joining me this week is Connor O'Connor. I don't have an entry line. Wow, speaks to his preparation. We have Vaptor like Raptor, aka Corey. I want to go to space. Space, we're not going to space, we're going to hell. Uh, we got mug also. Die. That's all I okay. can think of. <laughs> just I'm getting into my character. And our esteemed, effervescent, gorgeous, <laughs> awesome Fire Lord Shanio, the DM or GM, whatever you play. Yes, it is great to hear from you, Matthew. And if you don't mind, I'll take it from here. Take it away. Let us imagine the table at the end of time, the quest that was given to you all, as well as the person who gave it to you. And you're going to do a great job. (laughs) Welcome back, guys. Uh, Last time we left off, uh, we were given the quest by Tiamat, the evil dragon goddess who is sending you on a different kind of task one of murder mystery and intrigue uh we will give just a brief recap of what happened as far as the uh the details are concerned so that you guys can write some stuff down and our readers or our listeners uh can take the time to pause right now and go watch the last episodes what are you doing just go listen to the last episode you get a little bit of a little bit of backstory on this one uh but for those of you who did not listen to the last episode uh here's the information that you need to know tiamat the other half of bahamut gave our uh golden vault operatives a new quest and they are embodying new bodies dead bodies the bodies of people that have just passed in beyond the material realm and are going to their respected afterlives. So with this, she gave the following details. Greetings, operatives. The Golden Vault needs you to obtain the true names of three powerful denizens of the lower planes. The Pit Fiend, Carneros, the Baylor Urzok, and the Merolith Hexalanthe. Their true names are only known 
to an outlaw called the Stranger. Oh, doesn't that name just make you want a hot dog real bad? The Stranger is being transported to Mechanus. Ooh, the seventh stop after you get on the train. It's the train called the Concordant Express. This quest, should you choose to undertake it, requires you to board the train, locate the stranger, acquire the true names from them, expect to be contacted shortly by a quadrone named Glitch as soon as you are inside of your new bodies. He is a former operative who now works for us and the Concordant Express. Now, have fun, relax, and die. <laughs> and that's all the information you guys were given. Now, we are going to travel to a new area. A graveyard. A separate graveyard. A third one and a fourth one. All at different times different points in different realms each of you have died whatever life you lived before this doesn't matter nothing before this matters <clears throat> the only thing that matters is that there is a life after death and you guys are living it so each of you Feel your soul leave your body, that mortal corpse laying in the ground, and exit your grave. Walking around the graveyard hauntingly, just for a little bit, you start to hear the stars come a little bit closer. And a little, like, a smaller star comes close to you. And uh, this is happening to each of you in your respective realities. Uh, this creature comes up to you. It's a little star-like creature uh, shaped like a box, like literally like a cardboard box. As it gets closer, it is carrying a bow, some little wings. It's, it's like a Cupid-esque creature. It is very small. This is what we in the D&D world call a quadrone. And I am going to share this picture with my friends who are playing D&D with me. But for those of you who are listening, you can go check this picture out on our Instagram. The quadrone picture is the one from the Monster Manual. And I'm using this one for Glitch. Ah. Oh. Uh. Hello. Uh. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Good. Yes. Uh. Finally. Of course. Yes. Uh. Friends. Friends. You're looking to catch the stranger. Fucking box. Oh, hi. Uh, the stranger. The stranger. Yes, you're looking to catch him. Who? Uh, the stranger who has already been caught. The stranger has already been caught. Oh, you need to. Ooh, that's right. You need to talk to the stranger. Here, take this. Take this map. And uh, this creature hands you this map, each of you individually. Uh, your corpse having literally no idea what is going on, but being influenced by the personalities that you have taken over from the table you start to move about this wandering soul uh which of you reach for the map i'll reach for the map 
Three rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you guys are welcome to look at this if you want, and you can also check this out on Instagram. But this is the map that he shows you. It's like a rough blueprint line of like what looks like the Concordant Express, and uh, it's got only one thing on the uh, legend, which is that C stands for cells. Uh, there are at least three uh, cars in between the jail car and the engine car, but it is also uh, estimated that there could be more than three cars there. Um, you guys are looking at the map there, and the quadrant says, ah, yes, uh, here, this shows the train cars, train cars, it shows the train cars, yes, uh, here's your tickets, here's your tickets, your ticket, your ticket, your ticket, your ticket, your ticket, this one is yours, and uh, he hands a ticket out to each of you in your respective realities that have your name on it in whatever your favorite, most comforting color to you is. What is the most comforting color to your characters? Without revealing anything about your character or even their name, what is their most comforting color? We'll start yeah. with Con. Oh, okay. I already got one. Teal. Okay. Uh, Mug's character is Teal. Now, uh, Connor, then Corey, then Matt. Which is also the order in which I like you. <laughs> I knew Matt was your favorite. Um, I love I love Matthew. <laughs> I'd say probably a a charcoal gray. Ooh. Like light enough that it's noticed, but dark enough that it's not. Good pick. Like the walls in every mature person's house you've ever been inside of. It's like, oh, okay, that's a grown-up's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like the the light reflects off of it enough that it feels brighter. But like yeah. at night, I'm going to be terrified to be alone in this bathroom. Exactly. At nighttime, you turn the lights on. At daytime, you just open a window. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corey. Violent purple. Ooh. Like a. It's like ooh. a royal purple. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Matthew. Um, I'm trying to think of the. <sighs> Not not platinum blonde, like not like that silvery blonde color, um, but like the lightest, softest yellow you can think of, like an angelic soft yellow. Okay, like Thor's hair. Yeah, a little okay. bit lighter, but yeah, similar. Well, uh, he hands you these tickets, and those are the colors that they are. They have your names in whatever respective language you speak or whatever is your most common language. And then it says, ah, yes, uh, also this. And he hands you each a pen and a paper. You can add a ink pen or a quill and, a, and parchment to your inventory. And you'll notice that there is nothing in your inventories except for one of you. You've got specific stuff because of a class uh, perk, meaning you're a hex blade. Uh, and then you also have something extra in your inventory that will help you later. Mystery mouse tool. Connor, you oh. muted. I just said the same thing you did, but in the Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a special tool that will help us later. Um, <clears throat> okay, well... Uh, Yes, you guys have that stuff there. And he also says, uh, Ah, yes, you are to write down names. Names, names, names. Everyone has names. Not ordinary names. 
secret names. I am Glitch, by the way. Well, most people say, hi, Glitch. Nice to meet you. Nice Repeat after me. Hi, Glitch. Nice hi. to meet you. I already said it. Nice to meet you. Oh, no. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can handle that voice. That's so good. <laughs> this might be my favorite voice you've done, and I know it's your favorite character you've played, aside from maybe Madame Clarice Sinclair. I, I really love Madame Clarice as well. <laughs> there's still a character that I haven't played yet that I really... That's correct. That's well, I actually... I, uh, based on the things you've told me, I've got a campaign plan that's kind of coming up here in the future that you're going to want to play in, uh, in a character that you never thought you would play, I think. Because I'm doing like a Eldritch Gods campaign. Oh my god, wait. Like, okay. like cool. end-all, be-all creatures. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. I've got some characters that fit that role. That being said, we are back at the uh, kind of an end-all, be-all creation being this train. Uh, as you guys are sitting here talking to this glitch, the Quadrone, you are each going to get three questions about anything you want regarding the train, the people, uh, glitch, the whereabouts on the train, the fuel, the locations, uh, what's in it, the stranger, uh, the, the lighting, the... the flight how it flies what happens if you fall off anything that you guys have you guys are going to have those questions and uh we'll roll a d20 to see who goes first because we three, roll dice in this game three per person or only like three questions three per person okay got me a 19 i got an eight seven am i waiting on matthew what'd you get 19 oh Corey, what'd you get 13 Oh, okay. So then, Matt, uh, you got the highest. Shoot, I don't know what to ask. <laughs> I have one question at least. Um, these unknown cars. Um, what's in them? Why? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so the optional cars. Optional cars. Yes, they're called optional because they're not always attached to the train. Sometimes they're dropped off. Sometimes they're picked up. Uh, passenger cars. There's a abacus car. There's a temple car. There's a cargo car. There's a, there's many passenger cars. There's the planetarium, and there's also the aquarium. Do we, do we ask the questions in succession or is it like one at a time? We'll do one at a time. Okay. Uh, so then, Corey. Yes. Question. Answer. What? Do, no, do, what question do you have <laughs> for Glitch? Glitch. What? Is there a way to the roof of the train? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. A way to the roof. A way to the roof. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, hmm. So here's the thing. Uh, I want to say yes. Oh, but be careful. If you fall off, then you, uh, I mean, you know, you'll see. I, am, I imagine it's very much like the the children's Christmas movie Polar Express. If you fall off, you're, you're kind of, you're done. 
Oh, well, it's not. Ne- well, I mean, like, think of it like this. Like, uh, you're already in hell in the first place. So, like, where are you going to go? Detroit? What about me? What? I'm sorry? What about me? What do you mean, what about you? Well, the only kind of, like, image I have is my name is Detroit Rock City. Oh, your name is Detroit. Okay, I was I was actually making a joke, and uh, and it didn't land because of specifically who you are. Wow, that is incredibly coincidental and wildly random. I am very much a fan of this moment as it is happening to me because this has never happened to a quadrant before, and I am going to have to put this in the diary. This is going to be a comedic routine that we are going to tell for centuries amongst quadrants. This is like a literal analogy that I cannot quantify with data mind numbers. This this will take way too many zeros and way too many ones to convince anyone it ever happened. thank you oh yeah you're welcome yeah but but like the point i was trying to make is like if if you're already in hell and you fall off the train like where are you gonna go you're already in hell deeper hell you go back on the train you go to super you start back at the beginning exactly Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you start back at the beginning. You just go back to the caboose. Back to the caboose. Uh, Okay, so then let let me have my second question be, is this more of a purgatory hell? Ooh, yes. It's kind of like you're in a momentary interplanar stasis between living and being. Not quite alive, not quite dead, just somewhere in the middle. It's kind of like a permanent moment of sleep paralysis. Yay! <laughs> it sounds like torture. I'm, I'm sorry. Also, at the beginning of this, I should have warned that this one's going to be a little darker. <laughs> but so I said I'm in. <laughs> go ahead, Detroit Rock City. <laughs> sorry, you want it to be darker? She turned his light off. <laughs> he turned the light off for those for those who are listening, which is every single person who listens because we don't do camera. He turned his lights off, and that was it. Was very funny. I, I will say it, it was it was comedically timed very perfectly. It was very funny, but but, but no one but who is right here would laugh. <laughs> it's, I'm so good at physical bits. It's like when they act, it's like when they forget to turn the laugh track on or all of friends. It's just an awkward show at that point. Anyway, yeah. I have a quest I need a question from Mug and Matthew or a Mug and Connor. Uh, I have one. Yes. So yes. we're supposed to be finding a stranger. What is the stranger's like exact location? Ah, yes, the stranger. The stranger is likely in the jail. In the jail, he's in jail. He got prison, he's in jail, he's in jail. Oh my God, the stranger is in jail. Thanks, didn't need the song and dance about it though. What, uh, I know it's it's not really uh, tracking, so I'm gonna describe what I'm trying to imitate. Glitch speaks a bunch of different radio stations one after another. Oh, that's awesome. In order to communicate. He's Bumblebee. That's really cool. <laughs> He's I'm Bumblebee. Pic- I'm picturing the like ghost devices where like ghosts speak through them and you hear a whole bunch of different radio chatter. That's yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. You said he's Bumblebee. I've never watched a Transformers movie. Explain. That's fair. They're terrible. In, 
in the Michael Bay version of Bumblebee's communicator was damaged, so he's only able to speak through radio stations, while every other Transformer is able to speak properly. Okay, yeah, so that's exactly what I'm trying to imitate, but also uh, I've always not liked those movies because I'm not a big Michael Bay fan, but that is a very cool take. I love that. They're terrible movies. So oh, yeah. That, that's a cool I, take. The, the worst. That, like, that's probably the coolest thing about Transformers that I've heard. The fact that he speaks through a radio and he's a car. I mean, that's kind of cool. I only liked it because it came with the game. The game was actually fun because you got to go around as a Transformer and destroy stuff. I the like only... Transformers like I like Fast and Furious. I don't. <laughs> the only movie here... that I thought was good was uh, Bumblebee, and it's only because it had Haley Seinfeld in it. <laughs> well, hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. It's a Transformer, but instead of turning into a car, it turns into a dinosaur. Didn't watch it. I thought you were going to say dildo, if I'm being 100% honest. Why would I say that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, cut out. <laughs> I was straight. making meta commentary on how the 80s were just fueled by cocaine, and you just go straight to that? <laughs> yes. Yes. I got money on my mind, and my mind on my money. <laughs> the stranger is likely being held in the jail car. Written down. Thanks. What kind of defenses can we s- expect to encounter on our way to the stranger? Mainly Modrons. Ah, uh, yes, some Modrons. You know what a Modron is, don't you? I have no idea. Me. I'm a Modron. There are five different types of Modrons. There are Monodrons, Duodrons, Tridrons, Quadrons, which is what I am, and a pentadrone. I hope to one day be a pentadrone, but I can't because we're not like a you start as a one thing and end as another. We're like a different thing. Like you're created a quadrone and that's just who you are. It's like a hierarchy thing. So like I'll never be a pentadrone. I see that. That is very disappointing for you. I am sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway... Uh, any more questions from you guys? What is the purpose of this train? To get you from one place to another, brother. And then he puts his hand on your shoulder in solidarity. Okay. Z- the, the path to the train car. Is it well known or is it impossible? Like, is it very well protected by these monodons? Like, is it something we can just walk into? Oh, yeah, you'll be fine. It's, I mean, by the, I mean, you got to think about it too. Like, what's going to hurt you? What's the worst that's going to happen? You get killed. Oh, you're dead. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, if we're on a, a time sensitive mission, I would like to we're go not through on a time sensitive mission. Speed. Every mission is time sensitive. Well, you I mean, just... you've got you've got nine stops before the stranger gets off. That is what time sensitive means. Oh, well, then yeah, you're on a time sensitive mission. Unbelievable. Actually, it is believable, and you know what else is believable? That. And he points up in the sky, <clears throat> and as you are looking around in your familiar towns of your past lives in the graveyard near wherever you grew up and you are finally leaving it behind for the first time and recognizing that that person 
doesn't exist anymore. But this person does. And he says, oh boy, here it comes right on time. Good Lord, good Lord, Ed Lich. And then it says, uh, I can't hear it. Oh man. Chugga, 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 chugga. Imagine amazing train noises. Cause like I'm known for my train noises, but like instead it's, let me see, can you hear this? No, we hear like the vibration of it. Okay, That's well, it. train noises, train whistle noises, a locomotive inserted here, <laughs> a locomotive hurls across Rinse the sky. VFX, oh, car on fire, file not found, train noises. <laughs> A locomotive hurls across the sky towards you, laying down magical tracks before it. As it draws near, you can see clockwork limbs disassembling the tracks behind the train and passing them forward so the locomotive can lay down new tracks in front of itself. As the train descends to ground level, its horn blares once more, but like real cool. It swerves away from you, coming to a gradual stop until its caboose is a short distance away, pointing in your direction. Got your tickets? Got your ticket, got your ticket. Okay, excellent. Go on. You would uh, like me to enter the caboose? I would love for you to enter my caboose. Honestly, it would be a pleasure. And he winks I at don't... you. I think how, you should keep talking. How hot? Oh, you, oh, you can't hear this conversation. That's back in his reality. Stay <laughs> no. in your own reality, I'm, I'm, I'm also surprised that was the first instance of reality crossing in that whole scenario. <laughs> How hard is it to enter the caboose? Is there stairs? Is there, uh, you know? Well, the caboose really? doubles as a train station uh, inside it. You'll see what is in there. Uh, but uh, I'll punch your tickets and uh, we'll get you up on the Concorda Express, bros. Uh, so I, so I just slip right into the caboose? You go right on the... Well, you're kind of like right before the caboose. You're getting ready to go into the caboose. So we'll just call it foreplay. Okay. I haven't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just hold out my ticket. <laughs> well, you guys are all. I'm. I'm gonna share a map with you guys, and you can check it out on our Instagram page. Uh, it looks like this. It is a map of uh, where we're at. Uh, we're gonna be using this map for the majority of this. Uh, it's it's the caboose. You guys are on the very edge of the caboose. Um, it is. Uh, let me read this. Oh, hey, look, it's the ladder. To the roof. Um, you guys are right now leaving, and it is uh it's it's skyrockets off into the air, uh, and you hear next stop the nine hells. Nine. I was promised 13. Uh there is a closed door in front of you, but uh, well, not necessarily. You guys all go into the caboose, and uh, sitting around you, there are some there's some benches in there. Uh, 
uh, let's let's pull this a little bit further so you guys can see a little bit more. Um, this is kind of the layout that we're dealing with here. Okay, so uh, we're going further into the caboose now. Yeah, but I'm about to give you uh, where we actually left off last time because we were we were in the caboose last time. But my, what the it was kind of unearthing caboose you have. Um, as you enter the caboose, one you enter one by one. Jesus Christ, you enter one by <laughs> one, and like you pop up one after another, like uh, like ghosts or like you're entering Diagon Alley. Um. And you can, you can you enter a caboose diagonally? Yeah, you can enter a caboose diagonally. You just have to like position it the right way. Like if the caboose is going around a curve the right way, then you should be fine. You just gotta, you know, arch it. If the if the caboose is getting to the station at 30 kilometers per minute. Nice. That was a very niche <laughs> joke, and it was very well well received. Thank you very much. Thank you. It is pumping it, down the track at 30 kilometers a minute. <laughs> uh, so here's the rear platform. Uh, you, guys go in, you guys go inside, and a, there's a duo drone attendant inside, and it says, Oh, well, I am going to punch your tickets now, and uh, you can get uh, seated, and then we'll explain what's going on. Uh, you guys all get seated, and you look around, and you see the people that you see before you. Now, I'm going to ask you to describe your characters before I give you a background on the stranger that the duo drone is going to explain to you. So, why don't we start with uh, whoever went last last time. So, we're going to do Connor, then Mug, then Corey, then Matt. What do you look like? Well, the first thing you'll notice about robin it's his big only... old dick he's got a really mean penis and his name is rick his name is richard with a ditchard and he doesn't really have to do what you say because he's super gay okay sorry go ahead <laughs> well that pisses me off this <laughs> me off uh the first thing you notice about robin and the only thing she wants you to notice is the lime green, bright, almost neon color of her eyes. They are feline in nature, but everything else about her, for the most part, is covered. You can see slightly around her eyes, there is a orangish fur. Her hands are covered in gloves, except for the tips of her fingers so that her claws are out. And those two are a, a deeper orange, but with some yellow orange around the, the exterior of them. And so um, she is covered in all black, including her trench coat. She's not wearing shoes again so that her, her paws and her claws are out. And she is strapped with a sword, a dagger, and a lute. She is here to finish her job. Do what she needs to do and get out. Hold she on there, cowboy. Everything that you said, awesome. You don't have any of your stuff. So I don't have anything, apparently. No, none of you do, except for one of you who has some things. I, I will say you can all add common clothes. Uh, the, I, I left yours in there, Connor. <clears throat> 
but you can all add common clothes as they each give you just a set of <clears throat> clothes that you would normally wear on your world. Something comfortable for you. You even took my pen and paper that you literally just gave us. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can add that back. I'm sorry. I was literally just going through hitting delete on stuff. Common clothes was the first thing, so just skipped it. Anyways, Robin is basically a... a she's fully covered except for her eyes in her claws so that she can see what she's scratching at and get to them most effectively. She's here to get the job done and get it jo the job done in a way that doesn't draw attention to her. She is here to inflict as much damage as quickly as possible. She is an efficient, an efficient <laughs> machine. And her name is Vabin Munch. Because she has wares, if you have coin. Because she's Robin so much. Because <laughs> she has wares, if you have coin. Mug, what's your character like? My character. It's a fuzzy little satyr. If you look at this character and from you if you start at the bottom, it's just hooves and fur and fuzzy little legs. But as you go up, there's a nice little crop top that is teal and purple and it has the big puffy barred sleeves and they have big fluffy brown hair that goes around their face. They have very goat-like features, a nice big nose, glowing gold eyes with little rectangular uh, pupils. They have sharp teeth, though, for some reason. Um, their fingers are, like, tinted black at the tips. And they have this big jester's hat on that's one half is teal, the other half is purple, and it goes all the way to the ground and has jingle bells that, like, run along the ground as they walk. Their name is Aneeth. No last name, just Anise. I love that it's like vaguely like Anise. Mm-hmm. Just mm -hmm. Anise. Uh, Detroit Rock City. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Detroit Rock City is a half goblin. I want to say half tiefling because I gave her horns. Um, she is about three foot eight. Uh. She is only half closed, I, I want to say, because she has her undercoat, which is black with a purple, like the violent purple liner and like a royal gold on the trim. She has one glove that is her keyboard playing glove, and then the other is just fingerless glove. Uh, she has, uh, it, what is it called? High, high, the, the, the eye thing that has two different eye colors, like it starts with an H. Heterochromia. Heterochromia, yeah. So one eye is like a golden orange and the other is a blue with her teeth being spiky because she is a goblin. Uh, she, Like I said, she is only half close, so she doesn't really have any pants on. <laughs> uh, and, But it, it's she's all covered up because of her undercoat. Uh, but her her boots are mismatched. One is being like a just a regular sneaker, and the other is like a medieval boot that she found. What a cute, cute, cute little tiny, little tiny, little cute, little tiny, little oh my god, terrifying little tiny, little cute. 
little. <laughs> I'll eat your head off. Can you send your tiny little cute? <laughs> Matthew. It's... Yeah. Uh, so starting from the bottom, uh, my well, character. Here. My my character. <laughs> uh, City. Amanon is a. Uh, they are wearing leaf pumpkin like esque pumpkin leaf esque boots um that are you know hard as leather but they look like leaves um striped pants black striped black and gray striped pants and uh like a purplish outfit uh and lots of oranges and wax and grays. I don't know. I'm not good at describing things. Um, moving on to the face. Uh, because I'm done with the outfit. Um, they have they, they have purple skin. Um, and he is blue eyes with no pupils or irises or anything like that. It's just solid light blue. Um, and they have what looks like almost mascara tears running down their face um long hair kind of uh pushed back and loosely tied up uh with horns uh two pronged horns one that goes around the ears the you know pointed tiefling ears goes around the ears and kind of like i don't know cups them in a way and then they split off and go to the back um that's really it oh well adventurers since you are dead and gone and ready for the next step in your life it is time we tell you about the only thing that you do know your mission the interplanar outlaw and as this duo drone starts to explain this instead of it coming out of his mouth there's a little projection over his head that you can see the life of this stranger play out uh it is a vague looking individual androgynous ponytail black hat black coat humanoid looking tannish skin just like your average everyday looking person could be guy could be girl could be anyone but it just looks like any average stranger but as he starts to say these words his voice turns into that of a spaghetti western so the interplanar outlaw known as the stranger had humble origins the stranger was born into a slum and orphaned as an infant early on they used their knack for magic to masquerade as a lost noble scion and earn patronage as a spellcasting student Inevitably, the school the stranger was attending discovered the ruse, but the stranger always slipped away and re-emerged at an even more prominent academy in another city with a new false identity every time. The stranger perpetuates many crimes, none greater than the attempted theft of a book that held the true names of many demons, devils, and yugoloths. When the stranger tried to flee with the book, a fiendish ward caused the book to disappear. By then, the stranger had already committed many of the true names to memory. The stranger then set off across the multiverse, 
making deals with various fiends in exchange for keeping their true names a secret. The stranger survived all these dealings unscathed for many years, but their luck eventually ran out. Fiendish foes set their sights on the stranger, forcing them to flee to the material plane and take refuge in the city-state of Sangar, which is ruled by a powerful angelic being. But the stranger underestimated the vigilance of Sangar's celestial host and was caught impersonating an angel. When the stranger refused to divulge any information about himself, Omid, the person, the celestial of Sangar, was tasked with delivering the stranger to Mechanist to stand trial. The prisoner was clamped in dimensional shackles and taken aboard the Concordant Express for safe transport. Every fiend has a true name that it tries to keep secret. One who knows a fiend's true name can use this name to bind that fiend to service. Other powerful creatures, such as celestials and fae, might have true names that function similarly. True names aren't restricted to spoken language or script or script. A creature's true name could be a specific gesture, sound, or other type of expression, such as the tolling of an iron bell, a mathematical equation, or a sequence of notes played on a particular kind of instrument. As the duodrum goes back to his normal voice, and we uh we get back how was the monologue guys you guys you guys fine with that yeah, yeah. cool yeah y'all were taking up a lot of my show time so i just wanted to insert myself for a long period <laughs> <laughs> we can cut all of that right cory yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't think why don't one of you give me a perception check i have a I... passive perception of 19 Okay, yeah, then I'll just, I'll I'll tell you. Minus 18. Um, (laughs) There's the duodrone attendant who punched your character's tickets, uh, and he appears to be making minor repairs, or they have, sorry, they, all monodrones are non-binary. They're like literally little robots. Uh, They appear to be making minor repairs while the train's in motion. As the train is getting underway, you can see uh, the duodrone go over and put on a little jacket out of a locker, uh, like ready to start their shift, Uh, then depart from their, to perform their duties, going, which was a whistle, if that clicked my mic, uh, as it marches to the next car, uh, hidden in the, uh, that's something you, you need to roll for, uh, the, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, there's a locker there, the rear platform that you just exited, and a door. When do the duo drones start singing about hot chocolate? They're already singing about hot chocolate. That's why I put the jacket on. Do they got it? They got it. Is it hot, hot? It's hot and hot. Oh, they got oh, it. They got little it. Little mar- little marshmallows. Oh, they got it. Hot, hot. <laughs> oh, they got it. You both did it. <laughs> I sang that song for the Christmas concert hot, one hot, year in So Quiet. That was it. my family Christmas movie every year since it came out. We did Pajama Day in elementary school, and every year we did Polar Express during Christmas. And I got to tell you, there was something about hot chocolate coming out of an igloo cooler 
It was like lukewarm. It wasn't that great. I went to a redneck school, but telling you, that was the, one of the best days in the in the whole year. We all sat in the gym, and it wasn't a projector because we couldn't afford that. It was just a big box TV that was like up on one of the tables, and like almost 500 kids were watching this and like we couldn't see the movie but like we hadn't seen it every year so it's like whatever the kindergartners always sat in the front so like you got to see it the first year and like as you got up it's like oh they're getting to see the movie for the first time it was really wholesome we're playing dungeons and dragons there are uh <laughs> six creatures inside this uh including us no yes including you uh the do there's a duo drone there and uh oh, i'm sorry yeah five creatures um but that's so what you guys one see. other person besides us in there yeah and it's the duo drone that just told you all the stuff about the stranger and then uh went and clocked in for his shift <laughs> gotcha it's, so where did it, he get it, his best from where did they actually, get their best from he actually, or they actually go to the, the next car. Oh, from the locker. Like, if you're looking on your map, it's this little, uh, air, like this little door right here. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, they do, uh, shut the door behind them when they leave the car. Can Anise go look in the locker? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the locker contains a blue engineer's hat and crew uniform consisting of a tool belt and a pair of grimy overalls labeled with a number. I'm taking that tool belt. Okay, <laughs> there is a plus two all-purpose tool in there that does not use the uh, artificer-specific attunement ability. Um, it is for use uh, for anyone who... Are you putting that uniform on? No, I was just going to take the tool belt. Okay, I was cool. going to take the uniform. Okay, cool. Sorry, I, I know I don't have any items. Um, do I have a backpack at least? No. Okay, so I'm just going to stick it <laughs> just in. Just shove it down your I'm shirt. I'm just going to shove it in. <laughs> you can my, add coat, a... my coat has a pocket. Well, if you, you can add a uniform to your inventory. You could put it on over top of what you're carrying, or you could just carry it. Put it on underneath like a Spider-Man costume. Think of this one like an escape room, guys. Like the stuff you pick up is going to be very useful. Literally every single thing in your inventory is going to be important. Okay, go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was going to take the... I was actually going to ask if I could take the bench and just take it with us. Just take it off the wall. And I'm kidding. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Here, take I... a seat. I will say... You go to like tug on the bench a little bit, and then you hear the wall behind it growl at you. Nice. And that's where we'll pick up. Thank you for listening to the first episode of this really weird story arc. Uh, I'm excited for it, and I hope you guys are too. Um, tune in next time to see the rest of the train, because we got to one car in an entire hour. <laughs> um and as always, remember to stay garlicky. Stay garlicky. I've been trying to be the first person to say it every single time, and so far I'm successful. You all suck. <laughs>